Clearshore presents Technology, Innovation, and Great Power Competition Class 8, Cyber by Steve Blank November 26, 2021 at steveblank.com We just completed the 8th week of our new national security class at Stanford Technology, Innovation, and Great Power Competition Joe Felter Rajah and I designed the class to cover how technology will shape the character and employment of all instruments of national power. In Class 1, we learned that national power is the sum of all the resources available to a state to pursue its national objectives and interests. This power is wielded through a combination of a country's diplomacy, information, its military capabilities, economic strength, finance, intelligence, and law enforcement. These instruments of national power employed in a whole-of-government approach to advance a state's interests are known by the acronym DIMEFIL. Class 2 focused on China, the U.S.'s major great power competitor. China is using all elements of its national power, for example, information, intelligence, its military might, and economic strength, as well as exploiting Western finance and technology. China's goal is to challenge and overturn the U.S.-led liberal international order and replace it with its own neo-totalitarian model where China emerges as the dominant regional and global power. The third class focused on Russia, which, since 2014, has asserted itself as a competing great power. We learned how Russia pursues security and economic interests in parallel with its ideological aims. The fourth class shifted our focus to the impact commercial technologies have on the instruments of national power, Dimefill. The first technology we examined were semiconductors and the U.S. dependence on TSMC in Taiwan for its most advanced logic chips. In the fifth class, we examined the impact that AI and machine learning will continue to have on the capabilities and employment of Dimefill. In Class 6, we discussed unmanned systems and autonomy, and how the advent of these weapons will change operational concepts in the face of war. Class 7 looked at the Second Space Age, how our military and civilian economy rely on assets in space, and how space is now a contested environment, with China and Russia capable of disabling and destroying our satellites. Today's class, Cyber. Our reading assignment questions for this week were 1. What is the U.S. Cyber Command's doctrinal approach to competing in the cyber domain? Do you agree with the current doctrine? Why or why not? Would you do anything differently? And two, of the different types of cyber threats presented in this week's readings, cyber attacks, PPI and IP theft, and political interference, which do you think presents the greatest threat to U.S. interests and why? What should the U.S. do to address that threat? Be specific if your recommendations are for the government or private sector. Dr. Michael Solmeyer is a Senior Advisor, U.S. Cyber Command. He was the former Senior Director for Cyber at the National Security Council, the former Cyber Project Director at the Harvard Kennedy School Belfer Center. He was a past Director, Plans and Operations for Cyber Policy in the Office of the Secretary of Defense. Previously, he worked on arms control and the maintenance of strategic stability between the United States, Russia, and China. Cyber Command formed in 2010 and is one of the 11 unified combatant commands of the United States Department of Defense. It's commanded by a four-star general, General Paul Nakasone, who is also the director of the National Security Agency and chief of the Central Security Service. 
It has three main missions. One, defending the DoD information systems. Two, supporting joint force commanders with cyberspace operations. And three, defending the nation from significant cyber attacks. Dr. Solmeyer has written, A focus on cyber deterrence is understandable but misplaced. Deterrence aims to change the calculations of adversaries by persuading them that the risks of an attack outweigh the awards, or that they will be denied the benefits they seek. But in seeking merely to deter enemies, the United States finds itself constantly on the back foot. Instead, the United States should be pursuing a more active cyber policy, one aimed not at deterring enemies, but at disrupting their capabilities. In cyber warfare, Washington should recognize that the best defense is a good offense. In countries where technology companies are willing to cooperate with the U.S. government or with requests from their own government, a phone call to the right cloud provider or internet service provider, ISP, could result in getting bad actors kicked off the internet. U.S. hackers could pursue a campaign of erasing computers at scale, disabling accounts and credentials used by hackers to attack, and cutting off access to services so it is harder to compromise innocent systems to conduct their attacks. Our national defense cyber policy is now moved to persistent engagement. Defending forward as close as possible to the origin of adversary activity extends our reach to expose adversaries' weaknesses, learn their intentions and capabilities, and counterattacks close to their origins. Continuous engagement imposes tactical friction and strategic costs on our adversaries, compelling them to shift resources to defense and reduce attacks. We will pursue attackers across networks and systems to render more malicious cyber and cyber-enabled activity inconsequential while achieving greater freedom of maneuver to counter and contest dangerous adversary activity before it impairs our national power. Lessons learned. Cyber Command's role is to defend the DoD information systems, support joint force commanders with cyberspace operations, and defend the nation from significant cyber attacks. Cyber Command has evolved from a reactive defensive posture to a proactive posture called persistent engagement. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the show. We would like to hear from you, so please send your thoughts to comments at clearshore.us or visit us at clearshore.us. If you would like this show delivered to you automatically, you can subscribe to the Clearshore Podcasts on iTunes. Wishing you all the best until next time.